the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This episode of the Tech Night Owl Live is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com. Use the offer code TECHNIGHTOWL. On the show this week, we have Kirk McElhern. He's Macworld's iTunes guy. We have industry consultant Dave Charbonneau. And we have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have Kirk McElhern. He's the iTunes guy from Macworld Magazine. And he's a wide-read individual, an avid fan of classical music, praying there will be an iPad that's large enough to carry his entire musical library of about 12 million songs. Hmm. Well, I've really got two libraries together. They're about 100,000. And if I were to stick them all together, it's just shy of a terabyte. Ouch. So, yeah, it'll... I really don't care about an iPad. I care about an iPod or an iPhone that can hold that. But I'm not that concerned about putting all of that on a portable device. I, you, I sift and I create playlists of things that I want to put on it that I don't listen to as playlists, but just to store. So you mentioned classical music and I like Beethoven's piano sonatas. So I stick them all on a playlist because it's easy to choose to put them on a device by just checking a playlist rather than having to check individual albums and all that. I also have to think here that if you wanted to listen to every single musical composition that you own... It would take a long time. How um, many years? Well, in my main iTunes library, so I said I have two. I have a main and a sort of a second one. Um, 4,380 albums, 63,000 tracks, 244 days of music. And this is 24 hours a day. Yeah, this is, if you were playing all of this music 24 hours a day, there'd be 244 days worth of music. Um, and 15 granted, years for you to recover from the experience. Yeah. You know, since I write about classical music, I get a lot of review copies of CDs. So a lot of what's in my library is things that I've listened to once. I may listen to them a second time, but it's very interesting when you're into classical music, it's interesting to have multiple versions of the same work to compare things to. So there are things where I've got 10 or 15 different versions. I've got my favorites. And if I want to listen to one just to listen, I'll choose one of, say, two or three versions. But it's useful for me to have the others to compare them when I'm listening to a new version. It's not the same thing as having 10 different artists covering something by George Harrison. No, not at all, because each one of those is really a different work, you could say. It's a different voice, a different arrangement. Well, a well-known classical work is Bach's Goldberg Variations, which is for harpsichord or piano. And the, the differences between one interpretation and another are very subtle. But when you become familiar with a work and the way music works, you can hear those differences. And it's sometimes, again, interesting to compare how two different pianists will play the same work Sometimes it's like night and day, but it's not the same as, say, someone does a Beatles song and someone covers a Beatles song. It's, you know, it's not at all like that. It's not even having Eric Clapton sing While My Guitar Gently Weeps and George Harrison, no, even though Eric Clapton was one of the people who played on the original song. Yeah, no, it's not at all. 
another large block of my iTunes library is live Grateful Dead concerts. I have a few hundred of them. There are my favorites that I'll listen to a lot. And then every once in a while, I'll just shuffle through my library and see what pops up. And something will come up that I haven't listened to in maybe years now. And it'll be nice to listen to a specific song from a concert that I'm not used to listening to. You know, it's interesting here as we talk about this, and we're talking about Apple's various mobile devices, the iPad, the iPod. There's still a classic hard drive-based iPod in the lineup from, what, three, four years ago, 160 gigabytes. And understand, Kirk needs a terabyte, so he'd have to have, what, six or eight different iPods for it to work. You get the picture here. Apple has never made a device that accommodates that. Their substitution is, of course, to have the cloud. So you keep your tunes in the cloud. And the cloud works fine under certain conditions. We did a discussion maybe a month ago on the show about how I got satellite internet. My satellite internet has a quota. Uh, I can't use more than 50 gigabytes a month without getting severely throttled. So the cloud... When I talk to you on on the air, sometimes I feel I want to severely throttle you. Thank you. I'm joking. I know. Um, The cloud is good when you don't have a limit, when you have standard unlimited internet access. It's even more of a problem when you're on a mobile phone and you've got, I've got 500 megabytes per month with my phone contract because I really don't need a lot of data. When I was in France, the contract I had was unlimited data. So iTunes Match would have been great for that. But iTunes Match is limited to 25,000 songs anyway. So I can't put my whole library up there. Yes, but we have to bear in mind here too that. Is there really such a thing as unlimited bandwidth? Especially in the States, there isn't. And now, there, of course, they're talking about the fact that we have the merger, of, if it's approved by the authorities, of course, between Comcast and Time Warner Cable. And Comcast usually has a 250 gigabyte limit, and the limit is larger on TWC. Things are going to get worse. Well, when we talked about my internet access, I explained that I have two connections, one satellite and one DSL. The DSL is only two megabits, so it's slow, but it's unlimited. I I had internet access with the same company before, and there was no limit. Uh, I never had a limit in France all the years that I had internet in France. There was never a limit at all. In the early days of dial-up, there was a limit in time, if you remember. You might have had, I don't know, 50 hours a month or 100 hours a month or whatever. I don't recall what the numbers were, but there was never an actual data limit. Some ISPs in the UK do have data limits, and they're very low, like 20 or 30 gigabytes. But I don't recall ever seeing a data limit in France for an ISP. Well, I think we talk about this because, for example, the success of Netflix. Now, I don't know if you have Netflix. I know it's available outside of the USA. Okay. So are you one of the people who did binge viewing with the second season of House of Cards? No spoilers. I'm only up to episode six. This is funny. I had never seen it before. And I said, you know, they got the 30-day free trial with Netflix. Let me try. I want to see House of Cards. So I'm in the first season, episode six, which I just Mm -hmm. finished. Okay. But we're right now, of course, in the second season for those who wanted to watch all of them. So we're not going to have spoilers here. I know a few of the things that are going to come, but I don't want to spoil it for Kirk. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. I'm in the second season, episode six, not the first is what I meant. Um, I saw the first one already last year. Okay, so you're in season two. So you yeah. have seen more than I have. Oh, well, and I kind of know some of the things that are coming, but don't tell me. I won't. Okay, 
He's not going to say anything about it. I totally didn't see what happened at the end of the first episode in the second season. I didn't see that coming at all. Well, I know what you're talking about, but I just okay. want to see how it plays out. Okay. Okay. It's interesting how this series was done, by the way. And one is that David Fincher and the crew who created House of Cards, they came to Netflix and they got an order for two seasons without a pilot episode. I've already ordered a third season even before the second season aired. Well, I'm sure there's going to be because this has become like an amazing thing. The number of people, this was an estimate, the number of people who watched the second season in the first day, at least one episode of it, was probably 16% of Netflix's 40 million customers. Uh, Six million viewers, six or seven million viewers. Interesting thing here is that that's ratings that are good for a cable TV station. Of course, you know, with commercial TV, you think of, well, NCIS, they've got like 18 million viewers every week. Mm. So six million, yeah. But over the next few months, many more millions will be watching those episodes, either one at a time or just sitting down and binge viewing. Very interesting. We have our favorite binge viewer himself, Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You know, folks, I have a close relative who has been trying to set up a website. He gets his domain, looks great, but what about the site? What does he do next? Where does he start? Well, Squarespace, it's the all-in-one platform, makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. Squarespace offers 24-7 support. And it's cheap. It only costs as little as $8 a month. You know, really inexpensive to set up your professional website. And you can start a trial with no credit card required. Build your website today in minutes. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code TECHNIGHTOWL. That's TECHNIGHTOWL to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support to the Tech Night Owl Live. We thank Squarespace for supporting our show. Check them out at squarespace.com, squarespace.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? 
How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate Manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338, 888-213-4338, and talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, I don't know whether or not Kirk McElhern is a binge viewer. I'm sort of a binge viewer. Like the wife and I saw the first four episodes of House of Cards in one viewing. Well, I can, and I watched six episodes yesterday. I hadn't gotten around to it from, what was it Thursday when it came out on the 14th? We're recording this on Wednesday. So it was Tuesday. I watched six episodes. I started about, I don't know six o'clock and watched until about 11-ish. They're about, what, 50 minutes each. Um, I can binge view for certain things if it's a day when I can binge view. Um, I, I do enjoy it. I like the continuity that you get when you're, whether it's a DVD or, or Netflix, when you're watching something with that sort of compactness one episode after the other you get a totally different you get immersed in a story the way you do in a novel you know when you're you're reading a page turn and you're staying up until two in the morning reading a novel you get that same sort of feeling the artificial once a week rhythm of a tv series can be really annoying well in our case it is we have the episode We'll watch it when we want, which changes the whole paradigm of TV. It does. It because does. TV used to be event viewing. But if yeah. you know you're going to sit there and watch all the episodes, it's different. Like, for example, House, the Hugh Laurie TV series. We didn't see it the first couple of years. Mm. So what we did at the time with Netflix, we rented the DVDs and watched several at a time. After a while, my wife got sick of it. But that's how we did it. The mm. show Farscape, science fiction show. 
which was on the Sci-Fi Channel. I saw this the way my son did, binge viewing over a period of a week. We watched like four years of episodes. He was yeah. home for the holidays or something when we finally saw this, which was only three or four years ago. I think it was in the late 1990s that the series was popular. Mm. The TV networks haven't figured out yet completely how to cope with that. Netflix totally gets it. But yeah. then again, you can't just pay eight bucks a month for one series. There are going to no. be more. Um, that's how I watched Breaking Bad. I started watching it, I guess, at the end of the third season. And I hadn't picked it up. It just didn't sound interesting. And I, I remember the pilot was free on the iTunes store, and I downloaded it, and that was it. I just, you know bought the DVDs and started watching. And then after kept up week by week, which made it a different experience. Uh, an aside, Netflix UK got the exclusive on the last season of Breaking Bad. And they added a huge number of subscribers because Breaking Bad simply was not on TV in the UK. It was only available on Netflix. Well, you see, this is going to be part of the problem because it's not just like you subscribe to a cable TV service and you get 300 channels and whatever has particular programming you get it but now we have netflix is going to have one list of shows then you're going to have some exclusive shows at amazon instant video so what do you do do you subscribe to that or do you buy the amazon prime for low-cost shipping of yeah. items to your home i don't know you see it's one thing if you're paying for one service with a lot of content, but when you start having to pay, Hulu Plus is what, eight, nine dollars a month, Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, each getting exclusive programming contracts. Hmm. Well, it's like cable where you're paying for HBO, you're paying for Showtime and whatever. Netflix costs less per month than a premium cable channel, doesn't it? Of course, but it's not just the eight dollars a month. Because there will be other content. For example, Marvel is going to have some superhero series on Netflix. Daredevil, not the one with Ben Affleck, but the same character. Mm. So they're going to have that. They're going to be paying lots of money for exclusive content. But how many of these services do you get, plus your cable fare, if you want to have it, before it well, starts to get a little strange? Before it starts to get strange and confusing and expensive. Um I find Netflix has a metric boatload of crappy movies. It's very hard for me to find a movie to watch on Netflix. On the other hand, they have tons of TV series. And that, for me, is worth what it costs. I think it's six pounds a month here. I'm glad to pay that to get House of Cards. Um, I was glad to pay that to get Breaking Bad. Um, Orange is the New Black was enjoyable, if not, but not great. And the other TV series, I've been catching up on 24, well, re-watching 24 in preparation for the new series that's coming out in May. So I'd say it's worth it for that. But unfortunately, I find that Netflix in general is about 90% crap. I mean, Sturgeon's Law, of course. But it's very hard for me to find a good movie to watch on Netflix. See, that's the dilemma I have. I got the free trial for House of Cards, which I will see before the 30 days are up. And I have to think, will I renew? If I don't, will I come back next year when the next series is out or when the Marvel shows are out and maybe try it one more time? And if they don't give it to me under my name, maybe my wife yeah. will become a Netflix subscriber. So the key is how many will stick. Obviously, Netflix is going to be spending a lot of money to get you to stick. 
But I agree with you. I look over a lot of the things there, and there's not a lot to watch. But then again, I look over a rental movie at iTunes, and I'm not seeing a lot to watch either. So I, I find it a lot easier on iTunes to find things to watch. That's how I have Netflix, by the way. I watch it through the Apple TV. It's the Apple TV in- interface, but for a complicated reason, I've got it through my TV. My satellite internet, as I said, has a, a limit. Um, my DSL doesn't, and at two megabytes, uh, two megabits, Netflix is actually watchable. It's sort of DVD quality. So I have my TV connected to that so I don't eat up my limit. Um, you know, if I were watching 13 episodes of House of Cards in HD, it's what, about two gigabytes per episode? Um, that would be more than half of my month's quota in just a few days. So I really can't afford to use all of my satellite internet for that. All right. But I'm I'm just looking at Netflix now. The programming here is different, um, what you get in the UK and the US. Um, my partner has been watching The Good Wife, which she hadn't seen before and I had. Um, there are a couple of series that were popular that there are American remakes, but the original versions, the Danish series, The Bridge, and another one called The Killing that are available here. There's also one called Broadchurch, which is the UK version of the original series from which The Killing was made. Now, no, it's no, very interesting. Was, no, no, Broadchurch is a totally different series. Why is it? The, kill, the Killing is a Danish series that was... I thought Broadchurch was based on the same not at all. original no, no, source material. Church was a six-episode series um, with David Tennant. I know that. that was, I was given to understand it was based on the Danish series. Not originally. at all. No, okay. No, not at all. But it's, it's so, interesting. By the way, I'll tell you about Broadchurch. It's the American remake of it with David Tennant, isn't there? That's yeah, either- okay, this, yeah, this is funny. Let's think about this for a moment here. Okay, Broadchurch is about the search for a killer. And right. I was given to understand it was based on the same series that The Killing was based on. No. We'll leave it at that. Maybe it isn't. But it was a really fascinating series. And here you saw David Tennant speaking in his native Scottish brogue. Okay? Yeah. So he plays a detective. There are two detectives looking for the killer. Okay. Now, there's going to be an American version. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Kirk McElhern joins us on the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. 
high-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life, lasting decades. But this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. It's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <coughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA four-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. And don't forget about oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3, 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. Herbalhealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit Herbalhealer.com and click the specials button to save on our natural cold and flu fighting products herbalhealer.com healing the world with nature one person at a time since 1988 live with gene steinberg it's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next On the Tech Night Out Live, our technology focusing on internet, broadband, TV space. Okay, it's Broadchurch, the series from BBC. So I saw that. And I liked it. Very well done. They're going to make an American version of it. So what did they do? Well, the producer, I think it's Fox, decided to hire David Tennant from the British version, except he will speak in an American accent as an American detective. And of course, David Tennant was most famous because he was Doctor Who. And David Tennant has a very strong Scottish accent. Very much uh, so. This is what you hear in the British version. That's him. That's the way the guy talks. Yeah. 
If you search on my website, you'll find my review of Broadchurch that I posted last year. I didn't like the series very much. I thought it was formulaic, and and I didn't think it was great. I did like David Tennant. Um, I did like the fact that David Tennant was using his Scottish accent and not his British accent, which he often uses. I saw him just down the road here in Stratford-upon-Avon doing Richard II um, by Shakespeare a few months ago, and he did it with an English accent, which, of course, is both correct and incorrect because the accent wouldn't have been the same back then, but whatever. That's always true with Shakespeare. Yeah. His Scottish accent can be hard to understand. Um, Even for me, who lives over here and is starting to get used to listening to Scottish people. You know, actually, when you talk about Doctor Who, I think we should look at the six degrees of Doctor Who and see how many Doctor Who actors end up in other movies, like the latest Thor movie, one of the villains is played by someone who played Doctor Who for a season. I'll give you one even more indirect, okay? Let's consider Law & Order UK. One of the actors in Law & Order UK was a Doctor Who. Who was that? I've never seen Law & Order UK, US, or anything. Oh, you never have. Okay, I'm going to look it up as we talk about here. And I'm going to look it up as we talk as well. Okay. Um, And let's see what we can find as we look at it. Law & Order UK, and what they do is they take the American scripts and they rewrite them for British. And of course, I, I don't see any names that look familiar here, but I'm okay, not a doctor. Okay, so we're going to look at all the players here. And the head prosecutor in the series was once a Doctor Who. I'm going to look for the people right now. Of course, Jamie Bamber is on there. He's from Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Peter Davison. Peter Davison, who played. Henry Sharp, he's like the lead attorney for the prosecutors, lead prosecutor. I don't know what they call that in the UK. He was a Doctor Who. Okay. The Six Degrees of Doctor Who. Freema Adjiman, who played like an assistant prosecutor. She was one of the companions in Doctor Who. Okay. Then we look to a new series called Gotham from Fox, which is... Produced by the guy who brought you Metalist. Okay? You've seen Mm. Metalist, right? No. Okay. Gotham is the early days of Gotham City where the future Commissioner Gordon is a detective, police detective. Okay? Okay. And you meet the young Bruce Wayne, the younger Alfred, who's played by Sean Pertwee, whose father, John Pertwee, was a Doctor Who. Six Degrees of Doctor Who. You're going to find this all over the place. You're way over my head here with all this, I have to say. Well, they actually have a six degrees of Kevin Bacon, by the way. Yeah, I know. But Um, So where you have six levels of connection to Kevin Bacon, and you'll always find, no matter what actor you name, he knows somebody who appeared in a film with Kevin Bacon, or he appeared in a film with Kevin Bacon, or something like that, or maybe Kira Sedgwick was in it, and she is, of course, Mrs. Kevin Bacon, and that kind of thing. You know, if there were one actor that would be better to do that with, it would be Donald Sutherland, because he's made so many movies that I don't think there's a single actor in Hollywood who's not been in a movie with Donald Sutherland. Yeah, that might be a possibility, too. Of course, you have to also look at Samuel L. Jackson, who never turns down a role. True, and who's made some extraordinary movies and who has made some real crappy movies. Really, really bad movies. But it's, 
every time you hear him talk, he just says that he has fun making these bad movies. And I guess that if it doesn't take too long to shoot it, he'd rather be working than waiting around for the next good movie. Well, a lot of British actors do that. You know, they'll take any decent script because they want to keep working. Michael Caine is that kind of actor where he will take a script to be working because he's already accepted as a good enough actor that nobody cares if he makes a bad movie every so often. In a country like the UK, it's different because the film and TV industry is so much smaller that if you are an actor with any sort of career, your your options are very, very limited. Um, there are only a handful of TV stations and they don't do as anywhere near as much original programming as the States and the number of movies is far fewer. So it, it's more of a survival thing in a country like the UK. And it's even worse in other countries, say France or Germany or Italy like that, where there's even less original content. Uh, people do pretty much anything they can, which includes commercials and voiceovers and, you know, everything. Well, now more and more actors are going to TV, movie actors. Like there's a American well, series, there's Kevin an American Space. series called True Detective with yep. Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Now, when has and, he ever done... And Woody Harrelson. TV? And Woody Harrelson, who starred on TV, by the way. True. And who was a great shortstop for the New York Mets. You see, I don't know that far. I ah, when I was... There was a shortstop named Woody Harrelson who played for the Mets back in the 70s. But, yeah, the, the series you're talking about is quite impressive. Um, and it made me realize that Matthew McGonaghy has made some very gutsy career moves recently to get out of that sort of pretty boy... Um, thing that he was locked into in romantic comedies. Um, True Detective is a surprising series. I haven't seen the movie, what is it, Dallas Buyers Club, that's nominated for an Oscar. Um, But I do recall seeing him on The Daily Show when he had finished filming that movie and the guy weighed about 160 pounds. Um, The character has AIDS in the... No, it was just before he was filming the movie. Because what they did is he lost all this weight The character in the movie has AIDS and loses weight during the movie. So what they did is he lost all the weight and then gained it back during the shooting, and they shot it in reverse order because it was easier to manage than him losing weight. So he started out gaunt, um, and during the movie, he was eating a lot to gain his weight back. I know that Christian Bale pulls that weight gimmick. Like, for example, in American Hustle, he gained weight. For that movie, and, like 30, 40 uh, pounds. And in then the in another movie called Joe The Machinist, he yeah, lost but, like 50 pounds. What was that movie where he was a POW, a pilot who was shot down? It was done the same way with him losing a lot of weight in the beginning. And then Werner Herzog, the director, filmed it in reverse order so it would look like he was losing weight during the movie. And of course, we have all the superheroes who, of course, will gain like 30 pounds of muscle. So when Henry Cavill became Man of Steel, he put on like 30 pounds. He tends to be a fairly thin guy. Mm. He put on 30 pounds to look good in Superman. And I assume Ben Affleck, when he becomes Batman, he's going to bulk up a little bit. Well, they can do that with prosthetics too, can't they? They, can they do don't with- do that, though. They, in, in these cases, nine times out of ten, when somebody's really bulked up, and I won't talk about Ricardo Montalban as Khan in Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. That was clearly prosthetics. but. Although someone will tell me it's not. But in most cases, nowadays, when an actor bulks up and looks muscular, 
you can darn well bet that that's what they did. He went on a training regimen and everything to look the role because they want to make it real. They want Mm. to act real. If a guy is 220 pounds of solid muscle, you want to know he looks and feels the part because he is the part. You may not do all the special effects. He needs to move the way a muscular person moves. Absolutely. But then if you're Superman and you're invulnerable except to kryptonite, how do you move? We're not going to ask Kirk McElhern how he moves, except right now he's probably going to want to move out of here if we don't do the break. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Does advertising on the Genesis Communications radio network actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Freeze Dry Guy. And do the GCN listeners let you know they heard your ad? Customers do let us know they've heard Freeze Dry Guy ads on GCN. Uh, They seem to be very loyal listeners to GCN, and they stay with those shows, and subsequently they stay with our business, too. Looking for positive results? Contact Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107. I'm David Cordeni, President and CEO of Cigna. We're proud to support the March of Dimes by walking in the March for Babies. It feels great to know that the money we raise funds life-saving research and programs that improve the health of babies. With your help, we can make this year better than ever. Join Cigna and our coworkers across the country in March for Babies to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org and march to help our babies. Thank you. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com.
A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Here on the Tech Night Owl Live, Kirk McElhern back for a couple of more segments. We've been talking, starting with Netflix and streaming video and all that stuff. And then getting into just about our favorite shows and having a little bit of fun. But the point being here is let's all return to a topic we actually dealt with last week. We had Josh Centers, managing editor over at Tidbits. He's written a book called Take Control of Apple TV. And now, of course, we have an Apple TV. I know you have an Apple TV. Yeah. So right now, no one anymore seems to be talking about Apple doing a TV set, but an enhanced Apple TV. What do you think? Well, everyone's trying to imagine... There was a famous comment, I think it was Steve Jobs, or maybe it was Phil Schiller, who said that the Apple TV was a hobby. And once they stopped referring to it as a hobby and started to promote it, and if you go to the Apple online store, you'll find it's got its own category now, people have been wondering, that is this something that Apple is going to take and make into a much broader product. Uh, all these analysts that were pretending that they knew that Apple was going to make a TV set, I don't think Apple ever had any intention of making a TV set. And, and my reason for this is quite simple. It, to have a TV set, you need several different models of different sizes. And Apple's retail stores don't have room to put TV sets in them very easily. But the Apple TV device itself makes a lot more sense. It's not something that needs to be upgraded as often. So everyone's trying to figure out what will Apple be doing? Will it be something with a different type of subscription service? Uh, maybe you can buy a, a monthly subscription to, I don't know, HBO or something. Will it be something where you'll be able to buy bundles of content? So maybe you'll buy a season pass for a TV series which you can do currently, but in a different way, and it'll show up as an app on the, 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 your TV screen when you're using the Apple TV. It's hard to know what they're going to be doing, but I'm pretty convinced that given that they've promoted it in, in their online store, I'm pretty convinced we're going to see something soon with a new Apple TV. One other thing to point out, um, Tim Cook has been saying for years now that Apple's working on new product categories. Um, and people pick up on this every three months when they have a, an earnings call. And it's getting tiresome. It's a shame that Tim Cook can't say anything 
other than you know pre-digested and pre-vetted statements like that. We haven't seen any new product categories. I don't know if we're going to. I don't know if we're going to see an iWatch or not. Um, I don't think a new Apple TV would be a new product category. In other words, a TV set. I think it'll just be an enhancement of the current streaming device. So therefore, what will Apple do? I think, though, Tim Cook has fallen into a trap here. Yes, we know that everything he says is carefully vetted. They work out every statement, every nuance. But now that he said this, new categories, plural, what is Apple going to do? They can't just say, well, we have the fancy Apple TV because it's still an Apple TV. An Apple TV set, yes. An iWatch, yes. What else? And no, I don't think they're going to buy Tesla, the electric car maker, although supposedly there have been talks between Apple's acquisitions guy and Elon Musk, the head of Tesla. You know, it's hard to imagine what a new product category could be for Apple. Again, one of the things about a TV set to me is the the amount of space it takes up, and Apple's retail stores are of limited size. Um, Apple's very good at selling small devices. You were about to say smelling. Yeah, I'm just yeah, smell a vision. They're, they're hey, that's the answer. The next <laughs> TV set, the next great revolution will be an Apple connected TV, and they'll call it iTV. They'll buy the name from the UK TV network. Yeah, they'll never do that. I know that. That's what I'm just saying. And they will add smell a vision. So you will really feel, well, yeah, but if you have it in a farm and you're, you know, it can get kind of grisly. Okay, you're you're straying there. It's my show. I can do what I want. I know. Um, but I don't know. What would a new product category be? See, the whole iWatch thing could just be a head fake to get other companies to devote resources to making a watch. Now, as we go back in history to 2001 when Apple introduced the iPod, they didn't invent the portable music player. There were several companies that had already had MP3 players. They just did it better. It's very likely, well, it's already the case that there are smart watches out there. So if Apple does something, they're going to wait and see how existing products work and whether they can do it better. Um, but what sort of product category would Apple go into? I don't see them going into things like hi-fi. Um, too many things. They've done some hi-fi things in the past and it failed. They're not going to go into printers. Um, I'm just looking around at all the devices on my desk. Maybe they'll sell, well, a wireless hard drive. You know, there are companies that sell them to give you access to your media and stuff. But that's just a gadget. It's a peripheral. It's not a major initiative on which you spend half a billion dollars in development. We're talking about a major product initiative here. And when he says new product categories, well, Apple did the printer. They've done speakers. They've done cameras cameras. even. Yep. So what do they do? Even when they did the iPad, they had a Newton message pad back in the 90s. It was not a new product category, even though it was based on much newer technology. It was, you know, based on the iPhone concept and operating system. But Apple had done that before. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's hard to imagine unless Apple invents something that we didn't know we needed and that doesn't exist I'm not sure that I see a product category that Apple's not present in that they should be present in. It's 
again, if it's not a TV, it's going to be an electronic device. It's not going to be a car. It's not going to be hi-fi. It's not going to be a TV. It's not going to be a blender, a microwave oven. It's not going to be anything like that. It's um, not going to be a toaster oven mixed with a refrigerator. It's not going to be, you know, whoa, I'm trying. I, if I could have just come out with this without having to think. Remember on Saturday Night Live, the, the blender thing, the whatever, they did all these fake commercials back in the 70s anyway. I can see Apple getting into an area that's not covered very much like home automation. So devices that turn on and off, and I'm not talking about a Nest, I'm talking about the turn on the lights, turn off the lights, and you know maybe a nanny cam type thing, or that sort of area is something where a company like Apple might be able to make a useful product. But I don't know that people really need something like that. There, there are products that exist, and, and do you really need something that turns on your lights automatically? I don't. You know, a, a thermostat, yes, that kind of makes sense, but that ship has sailed already. Um, smoke alarms, same thing. Nest makes smoke alarms, and Google bought Nest. I don't see anything in my office which is full of gadgets like yours is. Um, I don't see anything that's not an Apple product that could benefit from being an Apple product. So what is Apple to do? And let's come up with the personal computer of the future, which we assumed was either an iPhone or an iPad. Is there some other device that we're missing out on? It's the possible smartwatch. You know, the, the Google Glass thing, uh, I'm, I'm not convinced by this because I think that what's going to happen is people are going to see this as such a, an invasion of privacy that it's not going to be – that they're not going to put up with it. So I don't see that as working. Um, they just got a patent for – earbuds that can get health information. I guess it's your temperature and your pulse and things like that. It's true that health... Okay, it's the eye ear. No, think <laughs> about it. Health, health is something that is very important to a large segment of Apple users. A lot of Apple users are older than average because the cost of Apple devices is more expensive than average and older people like you and me have more health problems. So speak for yourself. Okay. Um, it could be something like that. I would like Apple to show me a watch and convince me to buy a watch and convince me that it's worth having, but I haven't worn a watch in years and I'm not really sure that I want to wear a watch. Well, I have been wearing watches consistently since I was 10 or 11 years old. And I cannot imagine being without a watch. In saying that, though, would I buy an iWatch or some kind of fancy watch? Well, I have a guess watch. It's maybe five, six years old. And it still works. I replace the battery every so often. It tells time pretty accurately. It has a bunch of buttons that I never use. And that's my watch. But why would I get something more? But then Apple has to look at what would people embrace if it were available that's not there now, which again goes back to the product that you didn't think you'd need. Now, I didn't think I'd need a music player until it was done right, and I had tested some of those. Oh, I did. I did. Oh, I they were awful. We have Kirk McElhern. He, of course, is the iTunes guy for Macworld Magazine and well-versed on lots of stuff. I'm Gene Steinberg. I'm here. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The 
nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. One in every 50 homes will have a break-in this year. Burglars call it smash and grab. Police call it robbery. We call it avoidable. We are Fake TV, a simple electronic device that can fool even professional burglars. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet and simulates the changing colors of a television. To a burglar, it looks like someone must be home watching TV, so they'll likely move on to an easier target. At only $29.95, Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and comes with free shipping. Order your Fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we've got one more segment to spend with Kirk McElhern. So the question being here... What does Apple build that you didn't think you need? Well, they showed you you needed an iPod. Now, when it yeah, came to smartphones, I had a feature phone. I never embraced the BlackBerry because I thought that crazy little tiny keyboard was clunky. With the iPhone, I got a review sample from Apple, and then I realized I had to have one, but not before. With the iPad, my wife tried it and realized it was the indispensable device for her. So what does Apple do next? Yeah, I knew that I wanted a music player. Um, I've had a portable music player since before the Walkman came out. I didn't need a smartphone when the iPhone came out because of my particular lifestyle where I lived at the time. I did need an iPad once it came out, and I had wanted a tablet long before that. Um, I had already had, I think I already had a Kindle by then. So those were things that I did need. What do we need? Um, do we need new product categories? If it's if it's not something that Apple's going to invent that we don't know about, um, then it's very hard to. There are so many Apple with all the money they have, they could buy pretty much any company in the world. Maybe not some oil companies, but pretty much. 
they could decide tomorrow that they want to sell refrigerators. That's a new product category for Apple. So we don't know if they're going to be doing something that is in the sort of Apple product line. So personal computers, information devices, or whatever you want to call them now, or if they're going to start branching out into something totally new, which is going to surprise everyone. Maybe they're going to do a TV set and not sell it in their stores. Maybe they're going to do a microwave oven and sell it through supermarkets and appliance stores. I highly doubt it, but there's always the possibility that they're going to do something that we don't expect. The, the company has a lot of money and a lot of room to grow, and it seems that they can't grow as much as they should because the product line is limited. Yet that limited product line is one thing that makes Apple an attractive company because when you go into an Apple store, you're not confused by 150 different models of laptops. You know, that one might be almost a contest here on the show. Guess what product category Apple might enter that is a new product category for them, but one that would get mass market success. That's got to be a strange one. It, it's a, it's tough. It's tough. Um, again, you know, I mentioned hi-fi equipment. I could see that fitting into Apple's product line. Um, a lot of hi-fi companies are making amps and receivers that can use Apple's AirPlay. So why doesn't Apple make their own product that uses it? Now, personally, I would rather stream to an Apple TV so I'm not tied to a specific amp if I want to change the amp after a few years you keep the Apple TV and you change the amp. Um, but maybe Apple's thinking of things like that. You know, do you remember the Apple Hi-Fi, the thing that was about the size of, I don't know, a milk crate and you would stick an iPod in it? That's the only sort of speaker-based device they've released, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm surprised with all the people who do buy iPod docks that they haven't released portable speakers. Yes, but what does Apple do to contribute? You have to consider that in the hi-fi biz, and we're going back to the 1940s here probably, you have technology that has been honed and refined. There are lots of small companies, not just large electronics conglomerates, building that stuff. Yeah, And you have to think, what can Apple do to contribute? Now, they've got... One guy working for Apple, supposedly on health-related devices, but he is the THX guy, works for Apple yeah. now. Okay? Yeah. The THX guy works for Apple. And we have to think what THX sound has meant, for movie sound especially, not so much for home theater sound. You have to think how much it's meant. Some expensive TV sets have it. There's even a THX app, There's by the an way. App to- to configure your TV set, to, to sort of fine tune your TV set and your your sound system. Except it's lousy. I will tell you right now. I tried it last week. Okay, number one, it's not compatible with iOS seven, so the instructions on activating AirPlay are wrong. The fine tuning adjustments are just poorly done. The instructions are poor, and I use something called the Disney Wow Disc. Yeah, we've a, talked about that. Right to calibrate my TV set, I got better results. Okay. So I don't think it's a good thing. But then Tomlinson is no longer working with THX, so he wasn't responsible. What's he going to do at Apple? Health-related stuff? I don't know. It's a tough call. Maybe Apple's going to make a blood pressure device. Um, 
maybe they're going to make a scale, you know, the, the way Fitbit has scales and, and why things has blood pressure devices and scales. That's certainly a market, again, that fits with Apple cu- uh, customers. And these are products that aren't too big um, that would fill up their stores. Yes, but also think about it all-inclusive health sensing device. Mm. Okay? You get on this device, you touch something, it gets your blood pressure, it gets your body temperature, it gets your pulse. It can do different readings. And that stuff could possibly be uploaded to your doctor. So they can monitor your weight, your physical condition, and your doctor gets that information. If there's something wrong, immediately he can call you up and send up appointments and say, look, we need to take more tests. So we do see that Apple has hired people in the healthcare industry. We think of a smartwatch as something that maybe gives you messages or maybe you have a limited capability of talking to the people on it. Maybe you can check your email or something. But if it also monitors your physical condition, especially as we have an aging population around the world, people are getting older. We also have in the United States now, we have the new health care law that people are really confused about and getting a lot of false information about. But away from the politics, what about a device? And it could start with a wearable of some kind. It could be a watch in part. But it's part of a system that allows you to keep tabs on your health, help with your physical fitness. This is something that people can get now, but in separate devices. If Apple can integrate all that in a fashionable product that you're just going to like to have around, maybe we'll have a healthier population. Even if it's just a reminder, take those pills, or before you take those pills, bear in mind about the contraindications or the side effects, like this one can cause swelling, it can cause death, it can cause destruction, whatever. I do agree that the the health area is a huge market, um, and it's one where there are lots of apps that do different things, and it's true that a single app slash device that manage stuff like that would be quite valuable. Um, as we see in the iPhone 5S, it's got the built-in chip that acts as a pedometer that any app can 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 read this information. What I don't like about that, by the way, is that I often leave my iPhone on my desk. So if I'm not walking a lot, then it doesn't pick up my steps. But that could be a first step toward Apple making a health slash fitness device slash app. Well, not just an app, but obviously a measuring device. Well, I said device slash app. So it would be a combination. All right. That might be it. That might be the secret. this This is all guesswork. We're just Um, making it up as we go along, but we're running out of things that Apple could do. And now we have something here which fits with the people they've hired from the healthcare industry, from the fashion industry to make it look pretty. Putting it all together, the iHealth as opposed to the iWatch. Yeah, it makes sense. So what is it? Is it the iHealth, not the iWatch? Kirk McElhern, tell our listeners where we can find more of what you do. Check out my website, Kirkville. It's McElhern.com. You can find me over at Macworld, where I write regularly. And, you know, I've started 
working on another podcast recently called The Committed. Um, it's thecommitted.tv. Um, I'm doing this with two friends of mine, Ian Shrey and Rob Griffiths, and I'm a regular co-host of this podcast now. So check us out on iTunes and subscribe and download and listen. Uh-oh. I think we got him started here. Yep. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night How Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ship same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com it's that time of year again, and you know what that means. Cold and flu season. <coughs> but don't worry. HerbalHealer.com has you and your loved ones covered with our safe and natural products. Cold and flu fighters like beta-glucans, olive leaf antiviral capsules, grapefruit seed extract, HHA 4-herb capsules, elderberry power, and respirate. 
And don't forget about Oregacillin for the lungs, normally $34.95, on sale now for only $25. Vitamin D3 120-count soft gels, only $9. Whole body and homeopathic detoxes for the lungs, kidneys, liver, lymph, and brain, normally $26.95, now just $20. HerbalHealer.com also offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click the winter specials button to save on our natural cold and flu-fighting products. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Dave Charbonneau from CMIT Solutions from Minneapolis, St. Paul. And we're going to focus this portion of the show on what I call the Windows XP conundrum or albatross for Microsoft. First of all, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, let's look very briefly at Microsoft's problem. Now, last I heard, according to one of these Internet analytic firms, a little less than 30% of the measured Windows users are using XP. But that doesn't include stuff like point-of-sale systems and credit card processors and ATM processors because they're connecting the private networks. So do we even know how many Windows users are still running XP? I don't think there's an exact number on uh, XP usage. Uh, it has been declining, but it's still a, quite a bit a large number. I know last May it was like 47% is what they were estimating. I'm guessing about that number, and it dropped to like 37% in July. So it has been declining. But there's a lot of people that have hybrid systems. They have mixed Windows 7 and Windows 8, and XP is still present. So we don't have an exact count. But when you talk to people, you talk to businesses, you find out there's some buried in their system still. We're talking about businesses. We understand home users. You know, if you got that old PC and it works, why upgrade? Why are business users, so many of them, still sticking with XP? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons that they're sticking with XP, and which is one of the very obvious is the comfort zone. They've been using it for years. They're comfortable. Their software runs with it. And for them to spend what they think is costly to move to Windows 7 or Windows 8 or some other operating system, it is not in the cards for their budgets. They don't plan to do it, especially the smaller businesses. And so they've been postponing it, postponing it. They've been hearing about the deadline coming up. They've been hearing about the April 8th. I've spoken to many groups on that subject, and uh, they don't see the issues that are happening behind the scenes with their current system and the risk they're taking. That is probably the, the, the strongest situation they have there. And they don't also realize that they have obligations that can hit them from simple things is a lot of people are talking about HIPAA, but there's a lot of other regulations that have to say so you have to have a secure system. And now it's starting to appear in insurance policies as well that they have to have a secured system. And they're not paying much attention to that because they're comfortable. They're, they're working uh, with the XP system. They're working around with any issues. 
and they just don't want to spend the cash up front, even though it, they don't realize it's costing more money because the XP is such an old operating system. Of course, the HIPAA requirements, that relates to privacy with regard to medical information. What about things like ATMs and point-of-sale systems? Because we still see a lot of Windows XP usage there, right? I, there was an article from Ed Baig of USA Today in the past week saying that over 90% or 95% of all ATMs are running Windows XP. I'm shocked. Well, once again, it's, it's, it's back to the same situation. The people or the businesses haven't made the decision to really go forward to make the upgrades that they need to make. They're in a comfortable situation. They have not had issues. They feel they have not had issues. And so they don't really want to move forward with that Windows or some type of other operating system. So it's not shocking. And it, it extends right to the people in their home use as well. So it's not only businesses, it's not ATMs, it's not organizations, even in the home use. There's a comfort zone and people are not willing to move on. And it, it is enhanced because the software associated with XP, in some cases, is also going obsolete as soon as XP is, ends on April 8th, such as everybody knows uh, Office is doing the same thing with their anything less than 2010. So it is a much more, and the equipment that's being used is becoming obsolete. It's old hardware. It's old processors. It has limited memory. It's just not prepared to make that change without a complete change. Okay, well, looking at the entire situation here with Windows XP and the security angle is of supreme importance, but how do you go to a business and they're looking at having to upgrade their software because maybe they're using specialty or vertical software for their business and they have to invest maybe in new PCs. They have to invest in software upgrades. Maybe if the software they're using from 10 years ago is not being updated for Windows 7, forget about Windows 8 for a moment, they have to engage in a fairly big expense. How do you make them feel comfortable about that? Well, what we do, and I, I, I'm sure other people do the same thing, we actually have a training session going over what, what's changing, what's happening, and we, have, uh, we actually assign them a software engineer, a system engineer, to work with them, to look at what they're currently using, and give them some options that they, they can look at. And a lot of times we're, we're successful in exporting or importing their data to a new operating system. So we try to set up a roadmap that will show them how they can get from point A to point B. Sometimes you think, I, I think on the cost, it's not the cost totally, it's the fear of making that transition. Once you can get over that fear, you can work about what it's going to cost, what you need to do. But it's that transitional stage, and you hit the nail on the head when you said they don't want to give up what they've had. They're used to using that system. They have software that's maybe not migrating to the newer systems. So you have to help them find that road path or that road map to get them there. Now, I'll give you an example of that is my chiropractor. His office is using Windows XP Professional. And I talked to him. I said, look, do you realize what you've got here? You've got an operating system from 2001. And a lot of things have changed. And his response is, the software we use to manage this office won't work with Windows 7. We're stuck. We're going to have to invest in a whole new product. And nowadays, of course, businesses are trying to cut corners. But let's focus for a second on the home user, then get back to the business user. Now, the home user, the easiest thing to do is basically buy a new PC and then reinstall your apps, isn't it? 
Well, typically when you buy a PC, you're going to also update your apps that you have on the machine. The only issue that you probably have with it is transferring your data from one PC to the other. And uh, typically the average home user doesn't seem comfortable with doing that. So a lot of times they do will go out to a, a, a company to help them do that transition. I've done that. Even though we do business to business, of course, we support our clients with their own personal PCs, and they really want that to be transferred um, and do backups. And so that is uh, usually the technique that's happening. So they just don't update their hardware. They update their off the office as well or any software they might have on their system. So it's kind of a – they do a total package thing. And we give them some training as well. We show them the new – uh, features that they have and how some of the features work differently. Once again, it's once again training, giving them that feeling that uh, they're not giving something up, that they're actually gaining something from the process. And certainly at the very least, one hopes a faster, more reliable computer. That would be important. We'll get into more of this and also some migration tips for people out there who have small businesses and a lot more. Our guest this week is Dave Sharpenow. He's president of CMIT Solutions. We're talking about Microsoft, the Windows XP conundrum or Albatross, and the fact that within weeks, support ends. This is the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bi- products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. 
Hi, I'm Dan Pillen, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. Utopiasilver.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl live, Dave Sharpeneau of CMIT Solutions joins us. We're talking about Microsoft Windows XP, the fact that it came about in 2001. Here in 2014, support is ending. Is there any chance, Dave, that Microsoft's going to look at all those numbers and all the people who remain resistant to moving from Windows XP and give them a little more time? Well, I, I don't uh, have it in front of me exactly, but I've heard that they're going to do some minimal support through sometime in 2015. I just read that recently, that there will be some minimal support. But once again, that is really not adequate for businesses and the requirements that are placed on them legally. I don't see that as a permanent solution. So it might be a false sense that Linda's support is going to keep people feel comfortable with their XP. Now, what I had read is they will be releasing critical security updates, but that will be the size of it. Maybe that's what it's all about. All right. Microsoft has this door that they're shutting on Windows XP. Now, one of the things here that make it difficult, there's no simple path to do this. Say your PC is compatible with Windows 7. Let's put Windows 8.1, the back burner. Your personal computer is compatible, do perfectly fine. You can update all your apps, buy new apps, whatever. But there's no simple upgrade here. It's not like you plop in a DVD or something and click install and it installs your new OS, you've basically got to rebuild your hard drive. That is correct. And, and we have done that for a couple clients. And uh, actually, to be honest with you, we regretted it. It took uh, several hours of, uh, we figured about three hours. You have to uh, literally take the data off the drive that's currently on there, especially any uh, personal data or business data. 
remove it, save it, have total backup, wipe out the drive completely, reload the new operating system, then reload the apps that you want to have on there, and then reload the data back in. So what you essentially have done is you've taken a probably inferior PC compared to what's available today and loaded it up with bringing it up to a Windows 7. And I've had customers, I should say customers, a customer that wasn't really pleased with it, but they understood what the situation was when they got into it. There was a, a particular reason for this one. It's just not the same as also updating your hardware at the same time. A lot of things come in place. you got to remember when uh, XP came out, now you said, okay, you're taking hardware that could be used for this, but there's just a lot of hardware that has inadequate memory, doesn't have the right processors in it, just is not prepared for that update. And it might look okay because of when it was purchased, but not necessarily. Okay, so basically the answer for most people is buy the new PC, and that's it. That's pretty much it. That's where I, I actually stand with the people. I figure there's a lot of uh, price variations. Price of PCs are very, uh, I consider it comfortable how they have come down over the years, and they have a lot of options available, and uh, they will be uh, quite pleased with that. And then some of them will actually go from desktop to laptops and, and make some other changes as well. And they, some keep their monitors, some like bigger monitors, but when they're done, made that complete transition. What about just saying, look, my apps are available on the Mac platform. I'm using Office. I'm using Adobe Creative Cloud. I can get those for the Mac. So maybe I'll just dump the PC and go all the way to the Mac because there is a migration tool for OS X on the Mac that lets you copy off your documents from a PC. Yes, there is. And we actually have a Mac in the office right here that we're shipping out probably this week, and it has uh, exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's a Mac computer that could discourage some people or encourage people, it depends which way you are, if you're Microsoft or not, to make that transition to a Mac. And there are certain features that a Mac has provided that some people would really like to uh, utilize that the uh, PC didn't uh, offer them, and they feel a little bit more comfortable with the Mac as well. They might have a Mac at home, and they'd like to have it at the office as well. And remember also, on a Mac... You have Boot Camp, which allows you to reboot with Windows, or you could install things like Fusion from VMware or Parallels Desktop and run other operating systems on your Mac. So you could switch back and forth as necessary because there are obviously certain applications that will never be available on the Mac platform. What about customers who say, you know what, I've had enough of this PC garbage, I'll just use a tablet. Maybe I need simple word processing, but most of it is stuff that I can do on a tablet. I don't need a Windows PC. Well, I've seen that too, but uh, once again, that's where the assessment comes down. You've got to say, what are you using it for? The tablet has got a lot of nice features. It's it, it, A lot of people like carrying it around, like utilizing it, but it doesn't have the necessary capacity that a PC has. So once again, you have to evaluate what you're trying to do. Sometimes you'll find an office that'll use some tablets and use some PCs. It depends where the application is being used. So a tablet is not a total solution. It doesn't have the capability that uh, a PC has, but it does have a lot of nice features. And that's getting more into the Windows 8 area or any touchscreen type operation. Okay, the Windows 8 conundrum. Now, Windows 8 hasn't done barn-busting business for Microsoft, and HP is offering now Windows 7 configurations if you don't want to go to 8. So now we know tens of millions of companies need to go to a newer operating system. They have to give up on Windows XP, have to upgrade their apps. So should they make that leap, and that's a pretty giant leap, 
to go to Windows 8. Windows 7, at least, well, most everything works very similar. Yes, we have not been encouraging Windows 8. Now, 8.1 came out, so it kind of fixed some of the complaints people were complaining about. But what I'm hearing is people are really staying with Windows 7. And now I don't have an exact date. There's supposed to be a Windows 9 coming out in, uh, I think, next year in April as well. But they're still discouraging because they're staying with the uh, Windows 8 format. I think they're just trying to fix more problems. So there's still a lot of people that feel Windows 7 is going to be around a long time. Let's stay what we are comfortable with. And that's the message I'm getting. I have nothing against Windows 8, but the message I'm getting is people want to stay with 7. They don't, and the other thing, too, is they have Windows 7 systems in their office currently, and they like to be compatible with every, all their systems if they add more systems and not have a mixed breed. How old a PC can work Windows 7 comfortably? Where's the line of demarcation well, you know, there? Yeah, I know. I, I can't. Uh, I've always um, worked with uh, dual-core or better processors. And I'm trying to think about when that came in place. But um, I don't have it on top of my head exactly when maybe you might. When Apple went to Intel with dual core, it was like 2006. So it was the mid-2000s okay. even for Windows PCs. So if you got a PC that's older than that, forget about it. But maybe if you got a PC you bought in 2005, 6, 7, probably it'll run Windows 7 okay. Because remember, there are Macs from as far back as 2007 that will run OS 10 Mavericks. So yeah, yeah, yeah looking true. at both things here. So that's it. Listen, we're going to be out of time in about a minute. Just maybe give one or two ideas for our listeners out there. What's the most important thing they should look for in dumping XP and moving on? Well, I think, first of all, they got to evaluate what they're going to use the system for. And that's where it comes in with Windows 7 or Windows 8. They also need to look at their legal requirements if they're a business and make sure whatever operating system they put together and what system they get will meet those legal requirements. There's just a lot of considerations of now's the opportunity to uh, make that movement, to make sure you have a, a computer that will last more. You like to have a computer that lasts at least three to four years. You want to have enough disk capacity. You want to be over a terabyte at least. And you want to, as I said, meet the, the requirements of the system and keep it uh, current as much as possible. So what they need to consider is they need to actually go and look. Either they go to their local supplier, like CMIT Solutions, who can help them pick their configuration. Because if you just go to a, a standard store and buy a computer, you will find out that there is no really selection. And you got to be, but you got to be careful at the same time. And of course, if you go to like a big box store, they don't know what they're doing anyway. So how could you get the advice you need? Dave, tell our listeners where they can find more about what you do. Well, CMIT Solutions, we do have a webpage, and it's uh, www.cmitsolutions.com. And plus, if you're in the Twin Cities, www.cmitsolutions.com slash Twin Cities SW will also get you to our locally operated uh, system in the Twin Cities. Dave, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, thank you very much. America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. 
They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. Well, my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life lasting decades. But this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. He's the guy who's so well connected, he sometimes knows that things are happening before they happen. But I'll ask him the speculative questions first. Reports are coming up, Jim, about the so-called iPhone 6, that there will be a model with a 4.5 or 4.7-inch screen and maybe even something above 5 inches. What are you hearing? Well, I don't think it's even uh, a matter of, of what I'm hearing as, as much as I think you have to keep in mind what, what Apple th- thinks about mobile devices. And with the iPhone, it's interesting that uh, with the iPhone 5, when, when it was bigger, Apple said that it was still important that, that people be able to operate it comfortably. You know, and and any bigger screen iPhone is still something that you're going to be able to to operate and enjoy as easily as you would with the iPhone five, and and that's that's something that I always think about when people are talking about Apple and and phablets and Apple and you know bigger screen devices and everything else. Um, and I, I think that's an important distinction. I don't think that Samsung really thinks about that. You know, they think about putting out as many products as they possibly can and and seeing uh, which one is going to sell. And if they don't sell, then they just come up with something else. You know, Apple is more thoughtful about what they release. Because unlike a lot of companies, Apple puts out basically one product. You know, they have an iPhone, and this is it. So if if it fails, then, you know, it fails. That's a big thing. I kind of envision that over at Apple's test labs, they have lots of sizes of iPhones. Sure. Different aspect ratios, everything. And they've got the crew there sitting there and deciding which ones are most usable, which ones represent easy upgrades for developers. They have to consider developers with a new form factor, new screen size, consider the users. Whereas you have a situation like with Samsung, the Galaxy S3 was 4.8 inches. The Galaxy S4 was five inches. Why? The difference is insignificant. They add more pixels per inch, which you can't see because it exceeds that of retina display and now they're speculating about the Samsung Galaxy S5, and they're saying maybe it could be even bigger. Instead of 5 inches, what about 5.2 inches? Instead of 400-odd pixels per inch, what about over 500? What difference does it make? I'm sounding like a former Secretary of State in the U.S. here. What difference (laughs) does it make? Well, you know, it's interesting that a retina display is more pixels than the human eye can can discern so you're you're looking at a phone where the the screen is so good that it's it's difficult for you to be able to to pick out anything that would be wrong with it and when you go above that uh, really back to your point what is the point 
I mean, does it does it really do anything if the human eye can't discern what we're already looking at and can't pick those those pixels out? I mean, that's that's pretty incredible already. I I don't know where they go from there. Does going from you know over three hundred to to four hundred or or beyond does it make a difference in the screen? I don't I don't know. I think they're looking not at usability because I use the S three and the S four. And I couldn't tell the difference between the two screen sizes, the 4.8 and the 5 inches, let alone the increase in the pixels per inch. You know, a couple of tenths of an inch on a screen at that size, it just makes it less usable when you get larger. Yeah. There's so many things to look at when you're doing that. I mean, uh, you look at at one-handed use and then the screen size. You also, I mean, if you put those types of things in there, you're looking at battery use uh, and and the, the drain that that stuff's going to have on the battery. I mean, is there any sense in having, uh, you know, putting that up to 400 if uh, it's going to drain the battery 50% quicker? You know, it would be interesting here for Apple to run the commercial where they show one of these phablets and they see a person with normal-sized hands and they're stretching, trying to do different things on that screen and they can't because it's too big and simply say is your smartphone too large well i would think it is i don't know about you but i often operate my my iphone with one hand and i often use it with two but the the option for me to be walking uh, drinking a, a cup of coffee or or sitting down on a on a park bench and you know talking or you know whatever and and operating my my iPhone with one hand that option is there and I do it a lot I don't want to be necessarily tied into or trying to stretch can you imagine trying to stretch your thumb over to to hit a key or hit a button well understand I did have the two Samsung Galaxies and I have long, thin fingers. Good for piano playing, guitar playing, but I haven't played a guitar in years. You will have to teach me if we ever get up <laughs> to meet together. I want you to teach me some really good hard rock licks there, because I know you, you can do that. You got it. Okay. But in the meantime, I thought the thing was big, it was awkward, and forget about the hands. Put it in your pocket, and then you get a call, and you got to drag this big thing out of your pocket. It's ungainly. And where's the logic in that? And I know that when they were rolling out one of the iPhones, I think it was the iPhone 5 when they went to four inches. And I do recall, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil Schiller is saying you could use it with one hand. He was pointing out you could use it with one hand. If they come out with a 4.5 or 4.7 inch version, they will have to still consider that issue, that problem. How do they resolve it if they can't? They can't make them any larger. And Samsung could build, you know, 5.9-inch whatever you want to call them. You, do you call them smartphones or phablets or, or bogus or whatever? Yeah. You know, let them do it. Well, I, I think that there's an opportunity to have a larger iPhone. I mean, screen real estate is very important. Um, you know, we've, we've seen with the iPhone 5 how much extra... Uh, information we can fit on a screen without scrolling. Uh, and people really enjoyed that. I think people would really enjoy having an, a larger screen iPhone 
if it makes sense in, in everything else that they do. I mean, I don't want to try and put a phone in my pocket that when I sit down is going to, you know, crack in two. I, I don't want it to be so bulgy that, you know, it's uncomfortable to walk around with. Women that, that have uh, bags or purses, they, I mean, that's that's a consideration too. You, you have to be able to, to fit that in there. It has to be easy to just grab and use. And a lot of these other devices that I see aren't. I've, I've, I've seen people with them, you know, trying to, to use them and manipulate them. Now, that large screen is great, but there are a lot of other factors to, to consider, not just the fact that the screen is huge. And that's what I think that a lot of the companies don't look at. You have to look at that kind of stuff if you're making a product for your users. You look at the distinction, for example, between the iPad mini and all those 7-inch tablets. And they, of course, have the widescreen aspect ratio. So if they're placed horizontally, there's not much depth there. So you're scrolling constantly just to view a web page, even though maybe it looks just fine for movies. But you're not just consuming movies. You've got to make it for different purposes, not just for one function. Well, and, and that's, that's key, isn't it? I mean, you know, you can show in a TV commercial... Um, watching a movie but how often do you watch a movie with it do you surf the web more than you watch a movie yes you know yes you do and it's the same with the phone um you know they take pictures sure people take pictures all the time uh and they they do it a lot i mean the stats on Flickr, um just one site show that but there are a lot of other things that that we do i mean texting I, I dare say that people text more than they, or iMessage, uh, more than what they take pictures. So, you know, there there are a lot of things that that go on in somebody's life that, you know, commercial or marketing doesn't take into account. Let's take this into account. You're listening to The Tech Night Owl Live. A little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Does advertising on the Genesis Communications Radio Network actually bring positive results? Let's ask Thomas Baldrick from Freeze Dry Guy. Thomas, talk about customer service at GCN. GCN is extraordinary in how they take care of their customers. The bottom line, Freeze Dry Guy keeps advertising on GCN because it works. If you'd like to experience unbelievable customer service, call Lee Wickenhauser at 877-996-4327, extension 107. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? 
Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM1 from Terraganics. Pro-EM1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com, and we're focusing on the Tech Night Out Live on different smartphone and tablet form factors in choosing the right size for the best user experience. And all the things you read about with Samsung and other companies, it's all about specs. It's not about the usability. They don't think about that. They think about the specs. You know, if you look at the speculation, um, the Samsung Galaxy S5, which is going to be out, probably within days or at least launched at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Spain. The key here is that Samsung is going to tout better processor, maybe a better screen, a larger screen, and all sorts of other stuff. But how much of that will impact usability? I mean, right now, the Samsung has a fatal flaw, which is the AMOLED screen that washes out completely in sunlight. It's hardly mentioned by the critics. Consumer Reports talked about the wonderful screen. I have to think they must do all the testing indoors. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when you look at at product reviews of any kind, it's an opinion. It's the person's opinion. I mean, I can say that, um, you know, I didn't like this product for, for these reasons, or I can say I love this product. And, you know, from my uses, that product, whatever it is, may be perfect, but somebody else may use it in a completely different way. And, you know, when I do reviews of, of iPhones and iPads and, and other gadgets, music gadgets, I always do the review and, and put that product in my, my daily routine and see how it works there. And I make it very clear that, you know, I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary with this, but here's how I use it. And for my uses, it either worked good or it didn't work. And I think when people read reviews, they need to keep that in mind that it's if a reviewer goes, you know, way outside what they normally do, are they giving that product a, a fair test? You know, if you if you can incorporate something into your lifestyle, and how you you go about your day, and it it just kind of slides in there and fits perfectly. To me, that's a good product. Doesn't matter what other people think. That's a good product because it works for you. 
Okay, with Consumer Reports, a magazine like that, they have a team of reviewers because they are attempting to evaluate how this product is used under a variety of conditions. And we understand that. We understand that process has limitations. But they're also sucked in by specs. Everyone is. Look, it's going to have an 8-core processor. It's going to have 3 gigabytes of RAM. Fine. Do my apps run faster? Do my games play better? Is the operating system smooth and fluid? Oh, you didn't think about that. Yeah. I I don't even really look at specs. Um, You know, I think the only spec that that really ever mattered to me was the um, uh, storage. And even that has gone down uh, in, in what I look at although storage is still important because I use things like, uh, you know, iTunes in the cloud and, and things like that so that I can stream my music. I don't have to worry about having it on the device. So the amount of space that I need, uh, for music and, uh, is gone way down. So, you know, that's a, that's a big thing to consider too. Well, let's just take a look at some other stuff here that's just fascinating in the blogosphere. Okay, so Facebook is spending how much on WhatsApp? First of all, what is WhatsApp for those of us who never use it? Well, I never used it either. Um, Judging by the numbers, I may be one of the only ones that haven't used it. Um, WhatsApp is a, a messaging app. Uh, across you know, multiple platforms, so BlackBerry and Windows Phone and iPhone and Android, uh, that allows you to, to send messages, photos and videos and things like that without the SMS charges. So it basically uses the, uh, the current data plan that you have. And it can communicate across platforms, which is, you know, a, a big thing. So, wow, wow. The question I have, which is over and above everything else, is, is it worth that much money? Really? I mean, you know, I was looking at something here. Some people were talking about whether Apple would buy Tesla, the company that makes those Mm. high-priced electric cars that Elon Musk heads. That's the company that is really getting a lot of traction. Well-reviewed cars. It's got Great safety record, although there are a couple of instances where they've had, I guess, battery fires or something. But, of course, under certain conditions, all cars have kinds of things like that. Point being here, they were talking about Apple maybe buying that for, what, $25 billion. But that's a car company. It makes something where if it succeeds, instead of selling maybe 50,000 or 40,000 a year, they'll sell 100,000, they'll sell a million cars. The sky's the limit. This is a burgeoning market if electric cars really take off. But an instant messaging app for $19 billion? I, I, I don't get it myself. Now, if you listen to uh, some of the analysts, the price is not out of whack with uh, what other companies have paid. And, and I think the number was like $40 per user or something like that. So not out of whack with, with what they pay, but this is an app. I just, I got to tell you, Gene, I I don't see it. What is the income stream of WhatsApp? Where does it make its money? Where's the earnings? Uh, If I'm not mistaken, it's like a dollar a year or something to to use it. 
So I, how many users are there? That, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how many users they have, but apparently it's a lot. Enough to warrant $19 billion? Well, Facebook thinks so. Um, and apparently Google offered them $10 billion. Now, Google paid over $12 billion for Motorola Mobility, but at least it was a hardware company. So forget the fact that the thing failed. Still, you think for a company that's making tens of millions of handsets that are being sold for even a couple of hundred dollars a piece, there's potential there. Here you go. Uh, but a dollar an app a year, you have to have a billion people using it to get back this investment? Where's the benefit of this? I just don't see it. Uh, uh, they have 450 million monthly users that's a lot of users well okay well it's their money they can do what they want are people getting tired of facebook i i think i i think there's two answers to that one the people like like us and maybe people that listen to this show um, are probably tired with Facebook. Um, you know, Facebook and Google are, are buying up everything on the market right now. But I, I think that there's another segment of the of the population that isn't tired of Facebook because of how Facebook allows them to keep up to date with people and, you know, the original use of Facebook. Um, you know, my wife loves Facebook. She she can go in and and she has her dog rescue on Facebook, um, and you know she gets the the likes from people. Uh, she can communicate with with everybody, and that's that's her main form of of communication. And you know she keeps up to date with old friends, and you know her uses for Facebook are totally different than mine. We'll go into more of this and lots more to talk about in the remaining few segments with Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. 
Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights and your hard-earned dollars by a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas Resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Now you can get the same survival food U.S. Special Forces use on their toughest field missions. High-protein, high-energy, freeze-dried foods known as long-range patrol rations or LERPs. Soldiers love LERP rations. They're lightweight and easy to carry. Easy to prepare by just adding water. Easy to enjoy because they taste great. Civilians love LERPs as a solution for emergency preparedness and recreational activities with limited storage space, such as hiking, climbing, sailing, or RV travel. Veteran-owned Freeze-Dry Guy is your exclusive source for this 2013 U.S. military overrun. Long on nutrition, these delicious entrees have a long shelf life, lasting decades. But this rare opportunity, this limited supply, will not last long. You have to act now. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on now to freezedryguy.com, freezedryguy.com. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Now Live, Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. We're talking about the usefulness for Facebook. So Mrs. Dalrymple, she's going to use it to keep in touch with friends and family. Yeah, and it works well for her in doing the things that uh, that she likes to do. I When I look at, at Twitter and and Facebook, they're, they're almost like... Uh, 
business uses. You know, I don't look at them to to keep up with friends. I may go in once a week to to Facebook and, you know, look at some posts. And I only go back, you know, a couple of screens worth and see what's going on. And then I move on. You know, and that's it for me. Whereas regular consumers, and, and by that I just mean people that are following tech on, on a regular basis, they use Facebook in a different way. So, you know, it's kind of like the product reviews we were t- just talking about. We all have different ways of, of using technology. And if it works for you, like it works for my wife, then that's a great thing. I think what what Facebook is trying to do with all of these acquisitions that it's making is to be able to take the, the popular things that people are looking at right now and make it all part of Facebook. So Facebook had this incredibly popular service, and it, they don't want that to go away, obviously. But there are other popular things coming out, Instagram and and WhatsApp and things like that. And they want to be able to tack these on to Facebook. So any of the popular things that are going on right now will just be part of Facebook and they'll continue to grow. Okay, so what they're doing here, of course, is also to set up, shall we say, a hedge against other companies acquiring yeah. those services. So, for example, we have... Google, which is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. They're trying to expand all these services. But the problem is here, does anybody use Google Plus? I mean, you're kind of forced into setting up a name for different services, but do people actually go on there? I know I have a Facebook account. I have fan clubs for the Powercast. So I get regular stuff every day. I rarely, rarely get anything from Google Plus. Very little action over there. I don't use Google Plus anymore. It's a it's an interesting thing. A lot of people seem to use Google Plus and I guess that they must get something out of it, but when I and I said it earlier about products, when I look at technologies and and make it bigger, if it fits into to my lifestyle and what I do, then that's a good thing and I I will use it. But something has to give. You can't just keep piling on new things. I mean, how many times do you say the same thing? You say it on Twitter. You say it on Facebook. You say it on Google Plus, uh, App.net. You know, how many times do you do you do that? I look at Google Plus, and having not been there in you know maybe a year or something, uh, have I lost out by not going there? I don't think so. I don't think I missed anything. You know, I, I have Twitter for for my daily thing. That's where I spend the majority of the time. You know, once a week or so, I have Facebook, or if there's something going on, something funny that I want to post, I'll do that there. But the majority of the things that I do can fit into one of those two apps. Uh, I also use app.net, but, you know, more limited than what I use Twitter. So I have three. Can I fit Google Plus in there? I don't see how. Something's going to have to give. What what goes away if Google Plus comes in? And there's nothing that I really want to get rid of enough that I I would bring Google Plus in. And besides, Google's, you know, they get creepy. Excuse me, why? Well, 
you go to an Apple store and you buy an iPhone. There's the product. You go to Google, you don't buy anything, but Google tracks everything that you do. And then they, you're the product for them to sell to their advertisers. I mean, they, you know, if, if a company isn't selling you anything, you're the product. Well, if they're selling me, I want my commission. Yeah, exactly. Give me a commission. Don't just sell me and make money. <laughs> Give me a commission. So we're still looking here about Google's income stream. Obviously, hardware didn't make it for them. Motorola Mobility is now off to Lenovo. Is that the graveyard for Motorola? You mean uh, Lenovo, the graveyard? Yeah. I think I think Lenovo. I mean, I'm do, sure Lenovo will try. I think Lenovo will do a better job than Google did. Well, they know about hardware, so we can think of it that way. Yeah. But really, can they make a go of it? Because that name's tainted at this point, don't you think? It's well, had so many failures. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on on what. Lenovo can do with their their first Motorola product. To me, that that's going to make that's going to say a lot. If they come out with you know some crap, then yeah, probably won't be won't be too good. But I I don't expect that they'll do that. I mean, uh, credit to Lenovo. They you know they they took some really good hardware in the in the PC business and made made a business out of it. You know, they IBM had had a business in it for years and you know clearly it went way down. But Lenovo I think did a pretty good job. So now we just wait and see what they're gonna do with with the, the phone business. I think I think we'll be surprised maybe with, with what they can do. They have some ideas, that's clear. Just a matter of what the, how they can execute. And they've already shown they can do that in electronics. So, Well, I kind of wonder where they can take it. Do they continue focusing on the low end of the market? Because the high end of the market is Apple and Samsung. Is there any room for a third player there? Most of the players seem to be going into the mid to low end of the market. And I think there's lots of room there. The question is whether Lenovo can can push Samsung. That's going to be the big question. I don't know if they can or not. I don't think I don't know if they know that they can or not. Well, Samsung, of course, has very large resources, and they've got lots of divisions of the company, so they can probably leverage some pretty large investments. In fact, if Samsung tried to produce a smaller product line, more emphasis on usability and the user experience they could really become major competitors to apple now of course they sell more units than apple but i mean in terms of the quality of the product samsung could do it if they just kind of focused on it and stopped playing the scattershot approach i guess if they like it and the profits are good it doesn't matter yeah. jim dowrempel of the loop joins us i'm gene steinberg you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. 
for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet, just like a light on a timer. And they're so easy to use, you just plug them in and they're ready to go. Plus, they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs. Fake TV is only $29.95 with free shipping. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. It's no secret that silver is one of the oldest known natural antibiotics, but the mainstream media will never tell we the people this information. Why? Many drug companies and politicians have dangerous alliances that manipulate the way we live by prescribing drugs that only manage disease, keeping us dependent on big pharma. And with Obamacare at our doorstep, we are now forced into a system that many of us do not want any part of. And no man or government has the right to dictate how we as free people choose to take care of our health. The patriots at utopiasilver.com hold this 
is truth dear. Colloidal and ionic silver supplements from utopiasilver.com open the door to a whole new world of natural healing for the body and the mind. Visit utopiasilver.com and discover the safe and effective health benefits of colloidal and ionic silver. Call 888-213-4338. 888-213-4338. And talk to the patriots at utopiasilver.com, a leading source of natural healing using colloidal silver, colloidal gold, minerals, vitamins, and herbs. utopiasilver.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So I wonder about that, Jim Delrumpo of the Loop. Why a company like Samsung couldn't try to do what Apple does. Certainly they've got the personnel. I'm sure they've got creative people there. Instead of taking the scattershot approach, why not try to beat Apple at their own game? I, I, these companies are used to doing it this way. They're used to, to taking as many products as they can and throwing them out there. And, you know, Apple's approach to things is really kind of unique. Um, they have their Macs. You know, you have a, a, a different Mac for for your uses, but they don't have, you know, uh, subcategories of, of those. You know, you have the MacBook Air, you have the MacBook Pro, uh, but they don't really have subcategories going all the way down, you know, with five more uh, different product lines in there. They have the iPad and you have a couple of iPads and they have the iPhone and that's that's their products. When you get to companies like like Samsung, they they just kind of make as many as they can. I think um, I saw a story a little while ago that I linked to. Um, I believe they have over a dozen different models of the S4, the Galaxy S4. I can't keep track of it, but they do have a lot of sub-genres there. Yeah, I, I mean, really, a dozen different models? That's That's just insane. You know, that that to me is the big difference. That's that's where it is. I, I Apple to me, Apple believes enough in its design and and its its functionality and the appeal that the iPhone has to customers because it is a, a quality product. They have enough confidence in that. They're confident in putting it out on the on the market and saying, "This is it. This is our product." And last quarter, what was it fifty five million iPhones were sold? Fifty one million. Fifty one million. Fifty one million iPhones sold in three months. That's an incredible amount of product moved, and Apple doesn't put it on sale. It wasn't and enough. It wasn't enough, yeah. They don't offer, you know, two-for-one deals. You know, th there's none of this stuff going on because they believe in the product. Well, you're seeing now, for example, until the next Galaxy 
flagship phone, the S5, comes out. The S4 is it, but they're already discounting it. Yeah. I'm hearing it $99. It's free. Apple never gives away product until the new product is out. Then they'll cut the price, but just slightly. Yeah, right. Uh, they still believe in the old product. <laughs> you know, it, it's almost like some of these companies put out a new product and they say, oh, yeah, you definitely want this one because the old one was junk. You know, <laughs> and, and that's not not Apple's approach. Apple's approach is here is the new one with all of the newer technologies. And it's the same price as the last one. And if you want the the older one, we're going to knock a few dollars off, but it's still a good phone. So if you want it, you're still going to have to pay for it. You're not going to get it for free. Well, the thing is here is they're not going to cheapen it because there's a new model available. I mean, even with a car, you know, there's a 2014 car. The 2013 car is still available in closeout till they use up stocks. And they'll give you, you know, something off it. But it's not going to be given away. It still has a value. It's still a pretty good product. And some people saying, well, you know what? It's a few thousand less. A car is still a pretty good car. Unless there's a major difference between the 2013 and 2014. Heck, I'll buy the older model and save some money. Sure, the trade-in value won't be as high, but I'm paying less money. So maybe it makes up the difference. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like Apple selling the 2011 iPad, the iPad 2, for a few years. Although I hear this year they're going to discontinue it, finally. Is that your perception? Yeah, that, that would make sense to me. You know, just because they're, they, they like to keep some products available uh, that are cheaper that people can buy. Uh, but they like to make sure that they're, you know, they're up to date technology-wise, too. So that would make sense. It's partly because there's a point at which the new operating system will not run on the older models, so there's no point selling it. Right. So that's where it ends beyond that. Do you think there's going to be an iPad Pro, a larger version, like this 12.9-inch version the Wall Street Journal was talking about some time ago? You know, I, I think you said it perfectly earlier. Uh, Apple has a lot of different sizes and a lot of different products um, in development. And they'll pick the ones that they believe uh, are going to work the best. And to think that Apple doesn't have smaller iPads and larger iPads in development that they're, they're researching uh, would be a huge mistake. They, Of course they do. They would have to. How else can you come out with a product that this is the screen size that we believe works best? How can you do that unless you've tried larger ones and smaller ones? You know, you, you have to know. You can't just say, oh, well, we believe, let's see, yeah, 10 inches. 10 inches is a good size. I mean, you know, you have to say, okay, you know, internally, We've tried 12 inches. We've tried, you know, whatever it is, 13 inches. We've tried 5 inches and 8 inches. But, yeah, 10 inches is the one that, that that's perfect. It's kind of a given, even if Apple doesn't officially say so, that you know they're trying different sizes to see what of happens. Of course. They have to. So that's where they go. 
So if there's a reason for a 12.9-inch iPad, it's going to happen. But let's look at the final issue to talk about today. Apple's new product categories. Mm. Okay, so Tim Cook's saying over and over again, we're going to have new products this year, new markets, new categories, whatever. That's what he's saying. Now, obviously, a fancier Apple TV is not a new product category. It's just a product refresh. An iWatch, if there is an iWatch, is going to be a new product category. But Apple is saying plural. Where do we take that? Well, you talk about the Apple TV, and that would be a product refresh. I think it depends on where Apple takes the Apple TV. You can you can move a product from the uh, an existing category into a new category. Uh, let's say, for instance, that that Apple has these channels, or you know, the, what everybody wants is is the um, like an HBO channel or something on there that you can subscribe to. They're they're kind of, if they did something like that, and who knows whether they're going to or not. But if they did something like that, where they had TV on demand as a subscription that you can subscribe to different channels. That would be an interesting new category because people aren't really used to watching TV like that, but that's how we want to. We've wanted to watch TV like that for years because we use DVRs. But that, if you could have something like that, it would kind of put the whole DVR business out of business. What would you need a DVR for? All of your stuff is there on demand when you want it. It's kind of like the Netflix model. And look what happened here with House of Cards. They yeah. came out with the entire second season at once. Watch it when you want. Right. One episode, 13 doesn't matter. We've got more to say about all these subjects with Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. At loopinsight.com, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for under $30,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet under $30,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Take delivery in spring. 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Hi, my name is DeRay, suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called NUCA. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle, actually absorb, providing nutrients, targeting the problem area. Between NUCA and nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124. Or on the web at drortman.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, what new product categories does Apple consider? Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. Certainly iWatch is a new product category. Is that now a given because the latest rumor has it that they have 200 people working on the project, not just one? Yeah, but you know what's interesting is that when, when Steve Jobs announced that Apple was moving to Intel uh, for its hardware, its Mac hardware, uh, he revealed at the time that he had a whole secret division of people porting OS 10 for Intel machines right underneath our noses. And nobody even knew. 
You know, I mean, that, that was, that was fascinating. And when he made that announcement, he, he also said that the iMac that he was using on stage was using an Intel processor with OS 10, you know? So Apple has a lot of things going on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm never surprised when somebody says, oh, Apple has a job posting for a heart specialist or, you know, something like that. Somebody with that is a specialist in, in sensors. We don't know what that's for. I mean, everybody's saying it's for an iWatch and maybe it is, you know, but I, I just think that there are a lot of things and we've talked about it on a number of occasions on the show today where Apple is doing research and development into um, different product lines. And is that going to be an iWatch? I, I, who knows? The people that are writing the story don't know. They don't know that for sure. We'll see. Okay, so if Apple hires experts in fitness, right? for example, obviously it doesn't have to be part of the iWatch. It could be in the iPhone. It could be in the iPad. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, what do you do if you want to take, say, blood pressure readings? The two ways you're doing it with the cuff. Or you can palpate your artery in your neck and your leg to take a rough approximation of blood pressure. So if Apple wants to incorporate that in a new device or as a feature in existing devices, what do they do? Do they have a Bluetooth cuff that communicates with your iPhone, your iWatch? Do you stick the sensors on your body? You know, what do you do? How do you get around that? I could see even that Apple comes out with a device focused on health and exercise why does it have to be called an iWatch? It could be an iHealth. Yeah. There's a lot of things that Apple could do that we just, we don't know. I mean, there are a lot of smart people at Apple. And, you know, there are a lot of smart people at all of these companies. You know, Microsoft, as much as the, the management of Microsoft has, has made you know, tremendous mistakes over the last decade, uh, there are a lot of smart people that work there, a lot of smart people at Google um, and and Apple, you know, and that's why it's so interesting for us as consumers, because there, there's all these smart guys and girls that are, are making these products and have these wild ideas of what we could do. And, you know, it comes to a point where how can we measure blood pressure with the sensor? And then you need an expert. You know, you need somebody in the, the health industry that, that is an expert on blood pressure or an expert on sensors to come in and say, this is, this is what you need to watch out for. This is what you do. I mean, who knows what they're going to use it for? Don't know. Could it be an iWatch? Sure. So we could look also at hiring people from the fashion industry. Does it have to be an iWatch? It could be anything. Because yeah. right now, the other question I ask about this is, if Apple comes out with an iWatch, they have to look at existing products and see what can we contribute to the space, not just another watch with a reminder notice and a digital display. No. Because that's the pebble. Everything what? right now is a pebble. Even if it's called a Samsung Galaxy Gear, it's yeah. a pebble. It's an accessory that hooks up by Bluetooth. It gives you notices, some limited communications abilities, runs some fitness apps it runs some low-level functions that's it uh, to me that's just useless 
and not that many people are buying it. All right, I guess Pebble sold a few hundred thousand units. That's nothing. To Apple, selling four or five million Apple TVs was a hobby. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> says a lot, doesn't it? So the perspective is, if Apple's going to sell an iWatch, it has to be, can we sell 50 million this year? Can we sell 100 million? What about the people who won't buy watches? What about all those Generation Y people who haven't ever worn a watch? They take, they take their smartphone to see the time, or they look up somewhere and see the time. I wear a watch, by the way, but I'm an old codger, so it doesn't matter. So Apple has to answer the problems and resolve them like they did with the iPod. Music players were totally useless before Apple came out with the iPod as far as digital music players. Sure, we had the original Walkman, which was successful in its time. You had a Walkman that played CDs, and it was junk. Do you remember, Jim? Oh, yeah. I they were them. junk. I, I went through several of those. They were all junk. The original Walkman with the tape cassette, that was fine. Yeah. So Apple solved the problem. Smartphones were toys for the rich, the famous yuppies, they used to call them, businessmen who wanted to look hip, presidential candidates from Illinois, Blackberries. Apple made it friendly to everyone. Microsoft tried for years to push tablets as basically notebooks with touchscreens and styluses and everything. Nobody bought them. Apple came out with the iPad and set the standard. Today, if there's going to be an iWatch, it cannot be anything like what you see out there. Right. And that's what people don't seem to get. Well, you and I have said it over and over again. It has to be different. What does Apple produce that when you see it, it solves problems maybe you didn't even think you had or addresses issues that made you not want to buy a product, but now change your mind? There's going to be... I think a lot of surprised people and there's going to be people who, you know, typically say, Oh yeah, I knew, I knew that was going to happen. You know, all the signs pointed to that. I don't think that the signs really point to anything at this point. Well, that's true. Anything we're hearing say from the supply chain could indicate possible prototypes. Sure. But there's another thing too. The supply chain leaks are so loose now that I doubt that anything Apple comes up with will not be pre-announced in some fashion. We'll hear about it when they're close to release, because there's no way to shut that down. Yeah, we'll see. It'd be difficult. Well, we'll have to see where Apple comes up with. But you're not hearing anything from the grapevine about this. And what else does Apple do? Is there some other product Apple could release? That fits into a new category. We're not thinking of an iCar. And I guess we have to realize, based on the CEO of Tesla, that Apple talked to them. But some people think that's for battery technology. The possibilities are endless. Endless. But what could Apple do? What could Apple possibly do? Jim Dalrymple, tell our listeners, please, where they can find more of what you do. You can find me at loopinsight.com and Jay Dalrymple on Twitter. Okay. And we're going to want to check that out because you always say it, sometimes in very blunt language, <laughs> how things really are. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Once again, we're known as Tech Night Owl. 
on Twitter. Also, we have another radio show that we want you to check out. It's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast. And this week we'll be talking to Daryl Sims. He's known as the Alien Hunter. Does he hunt aliens? Has he found any aliens during his hunts? Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And one more thing. You can check us out on our site. It's technighthowl.com, technighthowl.com. And in another couple of weeks, we're going to be adding another network affiliation. In addition to GCN Network, will be heard on the IRN Internet Radio Network coming in a couple of three weeks on the Tech Night Owl Live. Jim Dalrymple, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks a lot, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.